I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I don't. Some bad hat, Andrew. It's a cool show. Not a doctor. Bye, have a good look from you, love. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damas Cleary. And today we'll be discussing House of the Dragon Season 1. Damask Cleary, it's been a little while. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Settled into some new digs. The school year is almost over and I'm coming to Melbourne in, what, four days. So, very exciting. Um, We should be recording a couple episodes at least in person, Mm -hmm. which will be exciting. That'll be fun. Face to face. I want to be like three inches away from your face while we do it. (laughs) We've got plenty of room. We don't need to be doing that. No, no. I want to be as close as possible to you, Brod, while I can. We're not sharing a mic like we did back in the early days, the first time (laughs) I recorded. Um, Oh, memories. we did record an episode back in April when I came to visit you, I think, from memory. I can't remember what it was about, though. Was it Mrs. Maisel? Did they have another season this season, this year or something like that? Rod, you know I can't remember yesterday. <laughs> How on earth would I remember that? Fair enough. Let's get then, so we can keep this in our minds and then get rid of it forever. Uh, let's get to our spoiler-free review of House of the Dragon, Season 1. Let me clue you in. Season in Review. House of the Dragon is an American fantasy drama television series created by George R. R. Martin and Ryan Condal as a prequel to HBO's Game of Thrones series. Based on parts of Martin's 2018 novel Fire and Blood, the series is set nearly 200 years before Game of Thrones and portrays the events leading up to the beginning of the decline of House Targaryen, a devastating war of succession known as the Dance of Dragons. Season 1 was co-showrun by Condal and Miguel Shapochnik, who directed standout Game of Thrones episodes Hard Home and Battle of the Bastards, and features an ensemble cast including Paddy Considine, Matt Smith, Emma D'Arcy, Millie Alcott, Cock, Reese Ifans, Steve Toussaint, Eve Best, Sonoya Mizuno, Fabian Frankel, Olivia Cook, and Emily Carey, among many more. Season one of House of the Dragon premiered on August 21, 2022, and consists of 10 episodes, each coming in at around 60 minutes, taking us approximately 10 hours to watch. House of the Dragon has been greenlit for a second season, but will not arrive until 2024. So, Damask, before we get to our spoiler-free review of House of the Dragon Season 1, could you please tell me, how familiar are you familiar are you with George R. R. Martin's books, uh, the Song of Ice and Fire books, um, the Dance of Dragons books, uh, or Fire and Blood, whatever it's called, and just your thoughts on Game of Thrones as a show, since this is now the prequel. Mm. Um, so I read the first four books. Um, How many are of, there so far? I don't know. I feel like there's six now or something. Um, 
So, yeah, I read those, really enjoyed them um, when I read them, particularly the first one. Like, I was super hooked. And so when the show was uh, started, I was very, very excited, really enjoyed a lot of Game of Thrones. Um, I speak a little bit about that in my spoiler-free review. Sure. Some real lowlights there for me um, around, like, the more gory aspects of the show uh, later on in the seasons. Um, and obviously, the ending was a trash fire, which we can all agree on. Yeah, I have not read any of the books in George R. R. Martin's The Song of Ice and Fire series. Uh, <laughs> I would like to one day, I guess. It's funny, though, because I know what happens for the most part, even though I know there are major differences between the books and the show, it's hard to get really excited about reading the books. Mm. Uh, maybe I'll listen to the audiobooks or something one day while I'm driving to work or something like that. Oh, don't. Um, the audiobooks are really bad. Tyrion has an Irish oh, accent for that's no right. reason. I tried. I tried. They gave yeah. him a leprechaun accent, and that's when I gave up. It's that's so hard. I did bad. Try. It so is- bad. Such a terrible choice. How have they yep. not updated that with somebody else doing it? Like someone from the show, like get Lena Headey to do it or something like that, or oh. Charles Dance, like get him to do. Yeah. He wouldn't be able to do the. He wrote, why? Why would I underestimate Charles Dance? Get get Peter Dinklage to do it. He could do it for sure. That'd be great. Anyway, uh, Game of Thrones is a show. Fuck, that was an amazing period of time there when Game of Thrones from seasons one to six. I want to say. Um, Watching it week to week was a joy. It was a ritual. You looked forward to the new season every year or every couple mm-hmm. of years whenever they finally arrived. We'd sit on the couch as housemates and watch every episode together. I remember watching the um, episode where the Ober- uh, Oberon, is that what his name is, fights the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, like standout memories watching the show with people and then it fell to shit. In the last couple of seasons in particular. It was on a bit of a decline earlier, but really mm. the last two seasons, particularly the last season, was a real, real disappointment. So much so that I've never known something to have such amazing like cultural cachet and then lose it so fast. Immediately. Um, yeah, it was crazy. It, everyone was talking about it for 10 years and then no one was talking about it anymore. Instantly. Incredible. Mm-hmm. That being said, people have been watching the show. It's been pretty successful for HBO, if not quite Game of Thrones numbers at this stage. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about what we thought about House of the Dragon Season 1. Damask, would you like to give your spoiler-free review? Certainly would. All right, so the first little bit is a bit of a rehashing of what we've just said. So Game of Thrones aired so long ago. Like I said, I'd read a few of the books and absolutely adored them. Season 1 of the show was incredible. And I enjoyed it for most of its run. Much of the gore and sex was a part of the package, kind of its selling point. It was, what, 2011, and my thoughts on these types of things were far less critical. It didn't make me feel sick to see actresses objectified and their characters in compromising situations, but it does make me uncomfortable now. Now, that's not to say that those types of stories are without merit. Um, However... To start a series with scenes of Matt Smith's character having sex with a naked actress with all of her body on show and him allowed modesty robes is beyond jarring in 2022. The actor is in a position of dominance in the scene. It's directed in a very specific way that neither seems necessary to inform character or further the story. It felt exploitative and dated. 
It was to excite and shock the audience. This is Game of Thrones, folks, the show with all of the aggressive sex. Welcome back. And with that, from the very get-go, I was disappointed. It's 11 years since the original air date of GOT. In season five, the role of Ramsay Bolton was so upsetting to me that there were many scenes that I felt forced to fast forward. They were too brutal, too upsetting. And House of Dragon wanted its first episode to also have a reminder to the audience of the violence, not just the sex, but remember, this is a show that's super violent as well. Once again, with that, I was disappointed. I was thinking back on the very beginning of Game of Thrones. We had so much time to get to know the Starks. Yes, there was sex and violence, but interlaced with that was the story of an unassuming patriarch forced to put his family in a precarious situation. This family was full of dynamic characters that we were able to get to know, each with their own desires, insecurities and flaws. It was clear who we had to root for. The world was dark and dangerous, absolutely, but their survival and determination was always the bright spark. It was almost they existed despite the world they lived in. I found it really hard to care about any of these characters in House of the Dragon. Towards the very end of this season, sure, we kind of got there, but watching much of the season was a chore for me. I was surprised, honestly, when I was satisfied or invested in a moment from time to time. More often than not, I was put off frustrated or insulted with where my head is at the moment I really truly don't want a cynical show not to this degree anyway and fair play to those that do want it and are able to enjoy it awesome great for you I just simply can't love a show that is so miserable in which trauma is the driving force with no promise of a brighter future at least you know I think of something like um oh gosh what's that show about the really rich media mogul family what's the name of it succession (laughs) so at least with succession we've got like humor in there that i can like like well this is absurd and funny yes it's super cynical it's quite brutal all that stuff um but there's there are some lighter moments in observing observing the absurdity of those people i'm not getting that in house of the dragon it's so dark all of the time when i was like watching house of the dragon i couldn't help but compare and maybe I shouldn't maybe it's not the right thing to do but these two shows were coming out at the same time and that's obviously Rings of Power now that show is something that is so focused on hope much like the Lord of the Rings films which I absolutely love yes times are tough but through love friendship and honor you can overcome anything for right now that's the story I want and that show's not perfect of course not Um, but that is the story I want Not one where characters get their heads chopped in half, queens are sold and brutalised and everyone must consistently sacrifice morality in order to survive. I think perhaps this show is great if you liked all aspects of Game of Thrones back in the day and your opinion or view of that stuff hasn't changed. I just can't stomach a lot of it anymore. Um, If there was like maybe less of that... Um, and some more politicking, I could. But right now with season one, I just don't want to watch it. And that's my review. Fair enough. For different reasons, but not mm-hmm. dissimilar reasons, if that makes sense, I also was not a huge fan of this season of TV. I don't think it's a bad show. I think in many objective senses, it's obviously quite well crafted, but it just couldn't capture my attention or intrigue. I'm not 100% certain why that is, but I have my theories. 
Theory one is that there's just I have a bias against it. Um, I may well be holding a grudge against Game of Thrones and how it ended. It might be that I'm just still not over that. Just how how disappointing the ending to that show was after like year, literal years, nearly a decade or something like that, of being invested in that show and then letting it just letting us down so much. I might just be in a space where I'd rather not like this show than like it. It's possible. A bit like you, I might also just be in a place where I'm not in the right place for this sort of sort of story and tone. I'm not going to respond to that well. We talked about, exactly as you said, Rings of Power, and maybe that was the right show to meet us at the right time. And I kind of agree with that. I think that that this is the opposite, the other side of that coin. This is the wrong show to meet me at this time right now. I remember there's a scene, you did mention the brutal violence in episode one. There's a particular part of episode one, or is it episode two? I think it's episode one. Um, involving the queen, and she's giving birth to a child. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm really not here for this. <laughs> it's like, I yeah. just am not, I'm not having a good time watching this. This is how you're introducing me to this show. Yeah. Not not starting on the right foot, let's put it that way. Uh, theory two is fatigue. Um, I think a lot of what this show is covering is very familiar ground to anyone who watched Game of Thrones. I think if you think about like... Maybe this is better left for spoilers, but... Questions of like lineage and bloodlines and bastards and who's the rightful king or queen and should there be a war over that stuff is like yeah we've been we did this we we did this with Joffrey and the Targaryens and the Baratheons and the Lannisters like we've done this already um, and I it's like it's disappointing to come back to a show that's just trying to do the same stuff again even to the point where like. It's in the same places. It's still in King's Landing. It's in the Red Keep. Mm. These are the same fucking rooms. These are the same fucking tables. Like, it's really given me very little that is new or refreshing anyway. And I think that if you're going to do a new show set in the same world, don't make it feel like it's the same. Find a new angle on it, if that makes sense. Um, And the other thing is I just can't tell you how much I don't give a shit about dragons. Like, I really just don't <laughs> don't mm. care about dragons. And the show really wants you to care about dragons. And I just don't. I just don't. I just don't. You look like you were going to say something there, Damask. Uh, sorry, I was. And then you froze. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember every time I'd, like, watch an episode and feel this level of frustration at, at many of the things that I was seeing, um, like my lack of care for any of the characters. I think the the time jumps are really unhelpful in terms of – really letting me attach to them. But Mm -hmm. I jump on Twitter to like, you know, I guess a bit of confirmation bias is what I was looking for. Um, You know, like you want to see people kind of reflecting Mm. your opinions or see some lively debate. And all I was seeing um, for the most part was just people's excitement. I was seeing a fucking dragon and I was beside myself. I'm like, is there not more? Maybe that's all there is. Maybe that's that's what people... People keep coming back for um, to see dragons flying around or eating people or setting people on fire. I don't know. It is not a huge draw for me. Well, like, it's again, it's something we did last time. It's like, could you find, like, no, I know this is the story, so it has to have dragons in it, obviously, but like, we did plenty of dragons. We did 
lots of dragons eating people, seeing people on fire, dragons fighting each other. Like we can't, we did, we did that at different times mm. in Game of Thrones. Maybe if there was other mythical creatures and stuff like that, it would hold my interest. But dragons for the sake of dragons is just not enough, I don't think. Theory three, execution. I just found the show pretty boring. I think mm-hmm. it's missing something that Game of Thrones had in that Game of Thrones also had like just characters I cared about or f- enjoyed being around. Mm-hmm. Characters like Ned, as you mentioned, like this um, unassuming patriarch of this sort of back, like he's a lord of a house, but they're not, you know, rich in the same way that the Lannisters are and stuff like that. They're sort of live in the cold and they're, they're in the mud almost. Like it's not glamorous, but you care about him and Catelyn and you care about the family and that's like an early in for you. Um, then you've got Tyrion who gets introduced really on and he provides wit and charm and like you mm-hmm. enjoy being around Tyrion. Um, I just think Game of Thrones in general was wittier. I think like... Between Tyrion and, like, Littlefinger and Varys and even, like, Cersei, like her, like, Mm. villainous... Give me drunk Cersei any day. Drunk Cersei was a stone-cold bitch and she was really Mm -hmm. fun to, like, (laughs) spend time with. Because Joffrey was, like, a villain we loved to hate. He was such a little shit, but that was really enjoyable to spend time with him. It just made the show that much more watchable. And I couldn't get over how much I just didn't want to spend time with anybody in this show at any stage. I found them all very, 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 very dull. Um, it's also a question to me is the characters they chose to... Fo- like That's another thing about this show, right? It's, it's more focused and then it's more around a smaller group of characters generally, right? Game of Thrones tends to spread itself out a lot thinner. Characters over multiple different locations and... Um, Diff- they've got different angles all the time. Whereas this, it was, it was the same family. Again, I know this is the the what the show is about, but it meant it was always in the same place, or primarily in the same place. It was primarily the same characters, and I often found them introducing characters who were from families that were related, but not the Targaryens directly. And going, I want, can we spend some more time with them? They just seem more interesting to me than what's going on. And they kept, like, I could have done it with a lot more of the Valyrian storyline. I found those characters way more interesting for some reason and we just didn't and we like st- we'd send- spend a scene there for some reason. Um uh like every other episode I'm like go back, go back, stop stop moving away from these people and we don't have to go back to King's Landing right now. Um they were just more likable, I don't know. Position was more interesting and it was disappointing. I think the pacing of the show is fucking piss poor. Like It's crazy. Yeah. And and I mean that both in the 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 macro and the micro. On the micro level, mm-hmm. from scene to scene, like there's a there's a wedding. I think at the end of episode five, and you obviously weddings go great in Game of Thrones. But like for a long portions of it, I was like, I think they're trying to build tension, but I'm just bored. Like I am mm. sick of being here. Why is this so interminable? I want this to end because this is boring. And then you do things like a 10-year time jump and then a six-year time jump. And you are missing, I think, very important connective tissue in there. We just go from one place to another. We change actors. Some of them change. Some of them don't. Some of them get older. Some of them don't. Very weird. That didn't bother me so much. It was just the... It just created 
unnecessary friction between me and the story, I think. Uh, barriers. It was very, very strange. All that being said, there are some very, very strong moments in this show. I think performances are strong across the board. I think if there are problems for me, it's more of a writing, direction, editing problem. Um, I think Paddy Considine, uh, Considine, I think that's how you say his name, uh, who played King Viserys, uh, he was the standout for me, especially mm-hmm. some of the work he did in episode eight. I think he was great. Um, if he gets like an Emmy nod at the end of this, all power to him. Um, and like you said, by the end of the season, they started to make me care about some of our key players. So that was like a step in the right direction. But it took a whole season to start to open up the story to like Westeros rather than just yeah. King's really Landing was a season Dragon of Road. like setting the scene is what was happening. Um, you know, he, he's like a, a PowerPoint history lesson. Of like, and then this happened, and then this happened, and this happened, and now next season is when things are really going to be taking place. I'm like, okay, cool. Then yeah, what what were we doing now? Like, feel like we could have got there uh, a lot sooner. And like, I had I've said that to somebody, and their argument was that that's what season one of Game of Thrones was like. Like, season one ends in a place where things are about to take off. But I'd still argue that... But that was all about character, though. That was, like, letting us, like, sit with character. That's the difference, right? It was, A, it was set in character, and B, I think, like, some big, exciting things started to happen relatively quickly. Let's say episode four, for instance, right? Like, minus spoilers for the very, very early stages of Game of Thrones, an eight-season show, wherever it was, the episode where Catelyn decides to arrest Tyrion under suspicion of pushing Bran Mm -hmm. out the window, trying to murder Bran, right? Uh, oh, no, it wasn't because they uh, found the knife, the guy that came to try and kill Bran the knight, and it was a yeah. um, Lannister knife. Um, that, that to me, was like when the show got exciting, where I got like invested because I liked both Tyrion and I liked Catelyn, and this was causing all sorts of fun tension. And like that sort of thing never happened in this show. Until the very end of the season. It took, like, the game, at least Game of Thrones season one was already doing that. Um, so we're at a place now where things might be interesting and that is definitely a tick, but I just don't know if I care enough to keep watching. And that's ultimately where I'm left with this season. Uh, Damask out of five stars, how would you score this first season of House of the Dragon? Yeah, it's not a bad show. Um, I just didn't really enjoy it. No moments here and there. Um, so I've been like I mean I between a three and a three point five. Me too, exactly that. Um, I'll give it a three. Okay, I'll give it a three point five then. I'll, I'll go the nice. slightly higher end, but I mean three is decent. Mm. I think I think it's got too many qualities. Like I didn't really talk about the production values, but yeah, it looks good. I guess except when it, you can't see it. That's a different <laughs> story. Um. Mm. But, like, yeah, it's, like, obviously a well-made production, so it's got to be a bit better than decent. Um, it's well-acted. Do, do you think it's well-written? No, I don't. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's, like, fine, but, like, it's missing a written. spark. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's competently written, but I don't think it's well-written. Um, mm. So, I think it's better than decent, but it's it's not excellent. So, I'm going to go 3.5 as well. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys the show to please review us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Nothing helps a show to grow more than by throwing five stars and maybe a couple of nice words away. And to sweeten the deal, if we reach 25 written reviews on Apple Podcasts, we will finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1. We'd also love you to share hunting seasons with friends and family who you think might also enjoy listening. Next episode, we'll be back with our review of Andor Season 1. If you'd like to contribute to our discussion of Andor, or if you have any thoughts on House of the Dragon, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at HuntingSCast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for House of the Dragon Season 1. Deep Dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. I'm not sure I have a whole lot to say. I don't have a favourite character or storyline. So much of it feels like a retread, as I said. As I said, so much of the same ground we covered in Game of Thrones. Question life successions, bastards, misogyny, incest, dragons, brutal deaths, impending war, lots of King's Landing. Like we've done this before. I don't have a whole lot to to add to that. Probably the standout difference for me, uh, in terms of like. Any character or any part that feels different to Game of Thrones is King Viserys. Did you feel that? Like, did you feel like he was the most interesting? Or in the sense that I don't remember a character in Game of Thrones that was like a decent king who was ruling through a time of relative peace, trying to deal with his fucked up family while also slowly dying of an insidious disease. Like, that was a somewhat refreshing and original take on things that wasn't in Game of Thrones, unless I'm forgetting a character? Um, yeah, I think, sure, that's a, an interesting aspect. I think there's so little of that. Every time, you know, particularly t- when his uh, disease was progressing much mm. faster and he was kind of reflecting on um, what his legacy would be. Sure, interesting concept. Do we get anything beyond maybe a conversation here or there? No, we don't. So I didn't really find him that interesting either. I did. I guess I just mean it. I felt whether the show did a great job with it or not. At least found him to be like a, a refreshing aspect in terms of what he represented. Because we just we didn't have that sort of character in Game of Thrones. Like, um, mm. uh, what was his name? The Baratheon King, Rob. Right? Like Rob was a shit king. He was a drunk. Mm. Like. Well, he was a soldier yeah. and didn't actually have and any soldier became, absolutely. skills to be a totally. king, yeah. Then we had Joffrey, who was a 
shit of a king. The closest Sociopath. we probably got was when Tommen became king. But he that was, again, the aspect was that he was so young and so naive and also trying to be decent and being manipulated in that aspect. And then we ended up with essentially Cersei from then on. Um, mm. So we never, we never got that sort of idea of like a peacetime king who was trying to hold it all together. The idea of like, I did like the idea of like him not going to have much of a legacy because he didn't conquer anything. There were no wars. He was known, you know, he was a successful king during peaceful times. He came to be king through some controversy because it could have been his sister or cousin, whatever her name was, that mm. could have taken the place instead. There I liked little- her. That was a character I found interesting, actually. My favourite character in the entire show. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I fucking don't even remember her name. Uh, Reneus? Rain- they all have the Rainies? same fucking Rainies. name. That's a problem too. What the <laughs> fuck? Why do their names always start with R's or V's? Or A's or D's? Like fucking find different fucking sounds, please. And everyone's got a Y, an A, and an E in there. You know what I mean? Like they're just... Um, I think Mid. it's Rainies. I think her name is Rainies. But yes, she mm. was She was the character I wish we were spending more time with. Yeah. Go over to the... See like area. if there was, I mean, I do love that she kind of resigned herself to her position. She once had aspirations; they were completely diminished by the culture she was raised in. I wouldn't have minded maybe like while we have this like peaceful king, I don't know a bit of politicking going on. Like where was that fun part of the show? There was like obviously there were like schemes to I don't know burn people alive and stuff. But none of this, like, really intelligent politicking that I really missed from Game of Thrones. They had the guy with the walking stick who was like oh. the the this version of Littlefinger. I honestly Disgusting. don't remember his name. <laughs> um, Disgu- who, I hated I hated. He reminded every- me of that character from <sighs> um from Arcane. Like he wasn't a bad guy, he was the <laughs> Can't remember his name, but he was like yeah. had a limp and stuff as well, or you know. Uh, anyway, just... but it didn't seem like there wasn't a whole lot of politicking. It's like I'll do a favor for you, and then you'll let me masturbate while I look at your feet. What are we doing? <laughs> it's just like what are we doing? It couldn't be a a more interesting like relationship between those two that could have been developed. No, we had to think of like the most uncomfortable, grossest, exploitative thing we could think of. Like, I think of that scene when he starts pleasing himself, looking at her feet, and I was just like, this show sucks balls. This fucking <laughs> sucks. Like, why are we doing this? Do you, do you feel like that's shock value above anything else? Yes. Like, it's not an insight 100% into that's what it is. That's exactly to- what they want me to have that base. reaction. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's, it's there to make you go, not there to make you... Yeah. Like, and that was what was interesting about Game of Thrones, too. It didn't start this way. Obviously, it got there. Big spoilers for Game of Thrones. Surely, if you're watching this show, you've seen Game of Thrones. Like, the Jamie and Cersei stuff was always gross, but it was always compelling somehow as well. Like, how these two were so in love. And so... And, but, like, so toxic and codependent. And totally. It was complicated. Like, one for, like, kind of power and protection. The other for, like from a place of genuine adoration um mm-hmm. yeah and yeah it was just it was so much better than what whatever this is from a politicking point of view as well it's like i think i think they tried to like 
it to be a surprise, like when Viserys died, and then Allison comes back and says she misunderstood he that he was talking to trying to talk to Rhaenyras, um, thought he was talking to Rhaenyras, talking to Allison. And then says that shit about Amo- about um, Aegon, the Conqueror, mm-hmm. not Aegon, his son. The she misinterpreted him saying, <laughs> I want him to, to be king, not Rhaenyra's mm-hmm. to be queen. And then like she takes that back to the the king's council and they're like, cool, let's do it. Let's We were always going to throw her out anyway once this happened. Now we have a reason, let's go. I was like, oh, I feel like I wish there was a bit more of a build up to this or something like that i wish they felt she like had more made, scheming like, and maneuvering rather than just like and then we'll, we'll just kill them we'll just kill them now like yeah but i just feel like i kind of wish for that character right like so powerless for so long just like a pawn amongst the men in her life which is why that that foot fetish scene made me so upset i'm like oh, okay here's another man um who's using her cool awesome um for like in the most base used, way you don't think she's using manipulating yeah no him just just no of, just hold sorry. on um and then so obviously she understands the stakes involved in which like if one of her children doesn't become the heir if mm-hmm. instead of like oopsie do i like i i made a mistake and misunderstood if she had made a really hard and complicated active choice to be like I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to make – I'm going to tell this, this lie. And that would then like kind of be a shadow on her character because um, she likes to think of herself as being so um, virtuous and so, she's not. So, mm. so, talking to our friend Ben who mm-hmm. devours these books and is all across the law and has been telling me since the show – Started about the differences between the books and stuff. For instance, this the mm-hmm. Song of Ice and Fire prophecy is not a part of the book. The book is also, though, written more as a historical text rather than as an actual, like, in-person narrative. So, mm-hmm. this, it's like someone, from my understanding, has interpreted the stories or the, the, the history and tried to put it in context and explain the different ver- versions that have, people have heard of, like, how events went down. But because this is meant to be a character focus story that we're seeing unfold in real time they've had to actually have definitive versions of events for instance in the text as far as i understand it is not known whether he actually what mm-hmm. viserys said to alicent if anything on the night of his death if he died of natural causes if he was poisoned which is you know the theory whether the whole thing was a lie or whether not so in this show when they make the choice that he was thought he was talking to Rhaenyra's and Alicent either willfully or accidentally interpreted it as being, I want Egon to to succeed, to succeed after me, then that choice takes, like the, the fact that it's kind of an accident, it's kind of a mm-hmm. misunderstanding, I think it's the worst version of like Agreed. how that could have gone down. It should have either been she killed him and like, decide that's what she wanted or he died and she went i'm gonna take this opportunity to do this or he actually said to her i've changed my mind i want egg on to be the next guy not some wishy-washy in between Mm. 
mm. misunderstanding. It's Even like when it like, like rom coms when people yeah. misunderstand that, that they hear half a conversation, decide that person hates Even them. Even if it's a situation oh. where we don't know, we see her going to the room. He calls exactly. her name. The door closes, and we don't know what that conversation exactly. is. Exactly. Fine. Absolutely. That that gives me an air of mystery about her. About like yes. who she really is as a as a character. Yeah. And then you're trying to read that from her, like, has she been playing this game the whole time? It, has she been actually mm-hmm. um, upfront about it and been putting her feelings on the table? Like, but they, I, I hate, I hate the option they went with. When I found yeah. out that that wasn't part of the original text, I was like, and this is what they, this is what they chose mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Such a weird choice. Yeah. Um, didn't do it for me at all. That being said, I didn't. I kind of like the character of Alicent. I just don't feel like it goes far enough with it. I don't yeah, no, know. Yeah, no, I, I like I do like the character as well. I think so yes, they have villainy in the show, and mm. I think this could have been a great uh, example of complicated villainy because obviously we have our other, you know, um heir to be um and her old friend and all of that stuff. It could have been like, well, I totally understand why she did it, but now I hate you because of what you've done mm-hmm. and the consequences for everything, as opposed to just having, I don't know, people chop each other in half or like twirling their mustaches or whatever. Um, did you like Rhaenyra? Rhaenyra? Especially the- uh, <sighs> her own character. Um, there were moments that I enjoyed her, like, when she was in her cute little beard marriage, I was like, this is quite cute, actually. <laughs> um, and Yeah, there were moments. Um, I, I, I really like towards the end of um, the season, you know, the episode where you're like, oh, her son's definitely going to die because they have a beautiful relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked seeing that aspect of her and I think we get to a really cool place at the end, obviously, like a mother mourning, um, that kind of – white hot rage that will be coming from her looking forward to all of that at the very beginning i was like i mean am i meant to root for someone who's had you know everything given to them Eh, maybe is the other problem in general with the show i think it's just very hard to feel invested about this like monarchy (sighs) secret war of like who the fuck is next in line it's so Fucking boring as a concept. I was like, can if, we have like, I don't know, a people's rebellion or something? Like, right. You know, something like that. I don't care about to these be dickheads. fair, is not something that Game of Thrones had, right? But you always felt like the Starks were coming from a place of honor and truth and mm. like trying to understand the conspiracy and pull that apart and like, under- like trying to make right the real manipulations and wrongs that were there. Um, but this is so much even more entrenched in just... It's not like another house thinks they've got a claim to the throne. It's individuals within the same house, within the same family. Yeah, which one of these over rich kids, yeah, is going to get the same family. Now, that being said, that's also the plot line for Succession, which we love. Which is funny and written amazingly well. <laughs> and written amazingly well. And the, on a character perspective, is much more fascinating than that because... Yeah, the individuals are actually the thing. It's not actually who's going to take over the Roy fortune that you're interested in. You're just interested in how these ki- fucked up these kids are and how much their daddy has fucked them up. And I just wasn't getting that from this show. Instead, I yeah. was getting that they wanted me to care about who's, who actually 
took the throne. I just, mm-hmm. I just didn't. I just couldn't care less about it. That's funny. Yeah. Like we watched The Crown as well, which is all about that sort of stuff too. But that's also examining the contradiction of the royal family and yeah. in context to the rest of the world, to politicians, to real life people, in the ideas of celebrity and religion, all these sorts of things. This show doesn't do it. It's just like for the sake of who the fuck is next in line. And like, oh, God. <laughs> Because ultimately, because these characters are all like same, same, everyone's pretty shit, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it really doesn't matter. Um, other than like this prophecy, like, it's Again, not like wasn't part truly of the important to like any of them. Like, it just, it's just something to want. And it's like, well, okay, cool. That's, that's exciting, I guess. Which was part of the reason that towards the end, like, when war was looming, Mm-hmm. And Rhaenerys was like, let's not, like, if we're going to go to war, we're going to go to war, but I'm not going to be the one to start this. Yes. Let's do everything we can to try and, mm-hmm. like, prevent all out war from happening. Yes. Was when I was like, oh, fuck, like, a leader, yeah. right? We're Which seeing, is the like, fir- oh, her father's daughter, that's cool. Like, she's yeah. really kind of thinking things through. Yep. And, but it, it was an actual, like, seeing a leadership quality, so therefore mm-hmm. caring about who the leader yes. might be for once. Yes, yes. That yes. had never come into play in any in any way before that yep. of any substance. It was nothing to make me go, yes, no, preference, prefer not. Like, nothing. That was the first mm-hmm. time. And then, obviously, they flipped that with the, what happens to her son, um, <laughs> which is, while a boring dragon scene, um, the just the idea of those... The idea of giving kids like nuclear powered fighter yeah. planes that have a mind of their own that end up killing one kills the other and that starts a war is kind of uh, that is entertaining as an idea. That's kind yeah. of fun. I will uh, say, sorry, Pearl's barking. I will say that yeah, dragons are boring. Blah blah blah. Because I really like that cute little prince boy. Um, sure, who's the, quite possibly the cutest actor. Um, so adorable. And he's on that teeny tiny little dragon and he's hiding from that big motherfucker. Um, yeah. I was feeling pretty tense. I was. <laughs> that that was the one that I was like, I'm scared now. And uh, the ending is brutal. I, I, I think that's my favorite dragon sequence. Sure. But it was also what was interesting about it was brutal, but it wasn't like gratuitous. Like the dragon like in, in eats an the other dragon. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then it was like dragon bits. It wasn't maimed boy bits. Do you know what I yeah, mean? no, Which he didn't what, get like, like the boy's hand landed on his head or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was like the dragon got ripped to bits. And you're like, oh, fuck. That's mm-hmm. a big dragon, ain't a little dragon. Um, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, a, that was a highlight, I guess, <laughs> of the show. <laughs> um, so I'm not, not feeling a lot from Rhaenyra. What about like the relationship between Rhaenyra and Damon, Matt Smith's Damon? Well, Damon <sighs> in general is a character. Um, I mean, I know that the internet was like all a flutter about that situation. Were they? Um, yeah, yeah. What? They super were. Why? Why do you think, Why? bro? Because they're all creepy weirdos that are just like full of sickos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I don't know. I don't really care. It's weird that the. I expected him to get more interesting, and he didn't really to me. No. 
Yeah. Got less interesting somehow. Yeah, I like Matt Smith. Like, he's my favorite doctor. I really liked yeah. him as Prince Philip in The Crown. Mm-hmm, I got nothing great. against this actor. I just didn't find Damon all that interesting. It no. was another guy, another second in line, having yeah, a hissy ego fit. Ego maniac. Yep. Falling in love with blah, his relatives, blah, blah. child, yeah. being mm-hmm. a weirdo, violent person. Not interesting. Not complex, not not layered in any way that I found particularly compelling to watch. No. Um, maybe the most interesting bit was the bit at the end where he decided to choke Rhaenyra, which was a bit like, finally they found an angle <sighs> that was a little bit like, dangerous finally. Maybe they understood that this is fucked up and this shouldn't, this is not cool. Um, but it happened right at the end. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only bits of like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, obviously, like, we do see moments of like him having genuine love for his brother. I don't know, maybe sure. I'd like to see his more complicated feelings around like his desire for power, but also does have the capacity to love those who are more powerful than him. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, have, can you tell that I don't really care? <laughs> well, it's just a problem. I just don't know what it's what the ad's up to. It's like he starts out as a thorn in his brother's side. He gets exiled. He comes back. He leaves. He comes back. He leaves. He comes back. His brother dies. He, and he's married his, his niece. Uh, just... Tale of old time. It, it, mm. was, <laughs> it wasn't a compelling story. It just wasn't a compelling journey. For him, mm-hmm. I didn't come away from it going, oh, I really you know, felt Damon grow in one direction or another. It was just just kind of stuff happening is what it felt like to me. To, until it got to a point where it's like feels like things might actually start to matter towards the end of the season. It's just way too little too late for me. Um, Otto Hightower, Alison's dad, Hand of the King. Mustache twirly villain of the season. Oh, God, hated it, hated it, hated it. And I love Boring. that actor. But yeah, Reese Ifans, he's great. Yeah. Ifans? Yeah, he's a great actor. Boring character. Yep, agreed. Not particularly fascinating. Not great, not as great a schemer as, I don't know. I don't know. This is what I mean. It's like, I feel like there's this bias in me that's just like, we've done this. I've seen this before. It feels the same. It looks the same. It sounds the same. It is the so same. it's not as good. It's genuinely but like not, not, but as, not good. as good. It's a yeah. it's a facsimile of mm-hmm. the thing we saw previously. Um, yeah. There was so few like highlight characters. What about Christian Cole? Did you enjoy? Who Christian the fuck Cole? is Christian Cole? <laughs> <laughs> the the knight the knight that was like uh, the Kingsguard guy that oh the uh, incel. <laughs> They're incel, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, um, exactly, yes. I mean, I felt the same way about him as I do all incels. Not a fan, <laughs> not a fan. Not a fan, but I, I guess I enjoyed, again, that was that felt a little bit original from a Game of Thrones perspective. I'm not sure we had many, like, of those. I thought I, there was something to him that felt fresh for, for the Game of Thrones story. It's like... Yes, the incel, the uber nice guy. I called him the nega Ned Stark. He's like all about his honor and stuff, but in a really toxic way. Like yeah. the op- like Ned Ned's uh, weakness was his honor. So is Christian's, but Christian takes it in a really personal, like gross incel mm. way, as opposed to Ned yeah, who fully like, murders someone too- in the middle of like the court. Like yeah, insane, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I- 
hated that scene. Ugh, why? I mean, that's the, like that's a that is an interesting, complicated character, all about yeah. honor and stuff. But obviously, has a lot of anger about the fact that he has to follow rules and other people yes. don't. That's why. I like but about the it. expression of that character being um, just pure violence is less interesting to me. He's also not subtle, right? Like he's like he's mm-hmm. such a blunt yeah. instrument. He's kind of a massive dummy, and that makes him less interesting because, like, when he's saying things like "strong" to try and get a rise mm. out of the boys or out of yeah. the, the Mister Strong, whatever that guy's name was, the night guy. Yeah, when he walks up and's like, "What's up, Mister Strong?" Yeah, it's a great line. <laughs> read these um, Mister Men yeah. books. Have you read Mister Strong? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's like he's 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 obliged, which doesn't make him particularly interesting. And we don't really get we just get to spend moments with him, not mm. like time with him, if that makes sense. We don't get to really invest, yeah, in that story in any particularly interesting way. But the concept of that that character in that world, mm. I thought was some. There was something there, if that makes sense. There was something to it, a glimmer of something. Yeah, yeah. What about Egon and Amond? I think is his name. There's the shit prince and the eye patch prince. <laughs> Just care about either of them. Um, I mean, they're both pretty shit. Uh, I like the way the eye patch guy looks. I think he looks like an awesome cartoon a- character, absolutely. and I find that very fascinating to look at. I really enjoyed yeah. his aesthetic. Um, he looks like an anime villain. Like he's straight yeah, out truly, of like an anime truly, like, like all those angles, such happening. sharp features, yeah. and like the eye patch and the hair and his sneering yeah. look and stuff. Like he was at least having a good time, and I was he having was. a good time. With well, him I found him quite scary, like when yeah, yeah. him and the the cute puppy dog prince, uh, like face to face. I'm like, oh no. Um, yeah. So I think he has potential to be. I mean, obviously we don't like mustache twirling, but if we do ha- have to have them, I'm glad they look like him. You know what also, I mean? Also, also a bit the, camp the, and fun. It is. It is. It is fun, right? And it's. And then again, how this ends with like him. Sort of playing with—is it Jason or something like that? I can't remember the kid's oh, name. I don't know the puppy dog prince. Anyway, and yeah. but then accidentally brutally murdering him because he can't—they mm-hmm. can, can, can't control their dragons. And him being like, "Oh shit, I fucked up." Was a great way for that like edge lords situation to end yes. at the end of this season. Like yeah. that's humorous. it's all fun and games until you kill your cousin. Uncle? Is that his uncle, uncle or cousin? Um. I think it's his nephew. Okay. Yes. I think it's yes. it'd be nephew because he's the yeah, it'd be nephew yes, because he's it is the nephew. he's the younger brother of of yeah. the series. It's so hard yeah, to tell know. with these incestuous families. <laughs> is there anyone else, any storyline, any aspect whatsoever of this season of television that like you latched onto that you cared about in any way that you want to talk about? Um, hmm, definitely not. No, I know. I really, really, really wish I did. And like, I'm sure there are people who are deep diving on lines and their meaning and comparing them to the books and what's different and why this is fascinating. And I guess I've got to tell you, I thought, I, 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 you said it was a chore. I thought it was a chore watching this show. Yeah. I was trying to watch one a day for a while and it was like the... I, I would rather have washed the dishes and, like, yeah. cleaned the kitchen and, like, whatever it was <laughs> than watched an episode of this show. Yeah. That's I think that's I was watching stores. it week 
to week, like as it was coming out, mm. which was good. But like it was not appointment television for me. Mm-mm. Like I let a couple of days go by like, oh, yeah, I've got to watch that. Better, mm. better keep up. Um, yeah, it just wasn't pulling me back each week, unfortunately. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Do you have any side notes to mask? Not really. <laughs> I'll start I'll no. start my side notes with this question. What did you think of the opening credit sequence? Opening titles. Didn't care for them. Um, Why not? Well, they weren't as good as Game of Thrones, so I was just, <laughs> I was fast just forward thinking. Through it's yeah, like it literally mm-hmm. just copies the same music mm-hmm. and then does something that's like recognizably like the first like Game of Thrones opening credits, but mm-hmm. not quite, and just not as good. Yeah. And like, what a perfect encapsulation of the problems of this show. <laughs> it's like relying mm. on being associated with this other better TV show until it wasn't a very good TV show, and then just not being as good at it. Um, it, it just perfectly summed it up. I skipped them. Do you know I never did once watching Game of Thrones? No, not me either. Yeah, I skipped once. them. The House of the Dragon one every single time. Like, no, nah, don't care. Uh, also, like, just the excitement or the promise that that theme song had because you knew a great episode yeah. was going to follow it. Um, I didn't have that excitement, so I just did care. That's true, too. Yeah, the music wasn't enough anymore. It had been tainted at this point. <laughs> um, I I just want to point out Matt Smith's bow-legged walk. I don't know if that, that suits the 11th Doctor great. I don't know if it suits Damon Targaryen very well. I find it very, very funny. Also, Matt Smith is... What, what? I mean, I just I didn't notice, but yeah, go on. You didn't know? Watch, it, watch him walk. He's got this little, like... I know like, he's got, like, a little waddle. Walk, it's not swagger. It's a waddle. He has a waddle going. <laughs> His feet are pointing in opposite directions. Like, it is so bow-legged, and it really suits the 11th Doctor, and it probably it suited Prince Philip, weirdly, pretty well. Didn't suit Daemon. It always looked a bit silly. And when, like, when they'd cloak him to, like, hide who it was, and he's got mm. this, like, waddle going, like, it's obviously <laughs> Daemon. Why are you even trying to hide this? That Smith gate is really, really obvious. Um, he's getting very, very experienced playing King Consorts, I've noticed. He's become... Mm, that's like true. his... Uh, that's like his typecasting now. There's some fucking awful wig, wig work in this show. Yeah. The wigs they put on the girls, the um, Valerians or whatever they were, like the mm-hmm. white wigs, but yeah. you could see their natural hair underneath it. Really, obviously, it was some shocking wig work, wig work and there was lots of... Like Game of Thrones is famous for that too, but it was bad in this show. Mm. Um, Sonoya Mizuno, right? Plays this character. I don't know her name. She's like the one that's fucking Damon in the first few episodes. She comes back in the last. Oh, is this about her accent? What the fuck is that accent? What is she doing? Uh, I remember when I was watching it. Um, oh my god! Angela and I just turned to each other and we're like, "What is that? What? What is, is that? Yeah, that was going to be one of my lowlights. Yeah, truly, that accent is astonishingly bad. Is it? It's. Is it like? Maybe it's not, but it felt like it should be offensive. Someone should be offended by this accent. <laughs> I think it's not right. I think we're all it. allowed to be offended by that accent. <laughs> are, we, are we allowed to be? Which is, again, it's a bit of a shock because, like, we've loved her and other stuff. We've Deus Ex, uh, Devs, um, Maniac. Like, she's great. She's an awesome act- 
fucking what is she doing? How they let her do this? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, it's um, cruel. Actually, a scene I did enjoy, I must say, um, in uh, this show was the slap Ren Fair edition when they had the. Um, do you remember this scene where like they're arguing over which child was doing? something and then they took an eye oh yeah they took that's right they had the fight they took his eye mm-hmm. out and then they're having a fight over like whose fault it was and did you watch the slap the australian tv show did you read the book the slap no no i didn't oh damn that was that was wasted on you that's a shame i'm sorry uh, I'm it was sorry. felt like very much like it's a whole it's a whole drama about like these i people know the at a premise, barbecue. yeah yeah and then one yeah. guy slaps a kid and then like it just <laughs> everything blows up and it just felt like the slap, but everyone it, laughing. It was very funny to me. I know I really enjoyed it. Um, highlights and lowlights. What was your low light, Damascus? Was it that accent? <laughs> All right, so I'll take that accent off the list. Um, I'm going to say like the first episode. I was like, mm. oh damn, they have like they've just copy and pasted in terms of like like the gore, the violence, and the like exploitative sex and I was like oh it's like 2022 this really should feel slightly different um and it didn't and I was just kind of put offside from the get-go yeah you were let down real quick um I'm gonna say my low light was the super dark can't see what's going on episode parts of episode seven like Mm -hmm. didn't we learn anything from the battle of Winterfell everyone was having a whinge about this back in the day how we still shooting this shit and I can't see what these actors are doing or what's going on. I do not understand what happened. Yeah, and what's if worse you can't is, see it on your TV, then people like me have no it, hope. I mean, it's partly got to do... I, I think if it was like if you were watching this on a good like OLED and you were watching like the 4K HDR version off like a Blu-ray, mm. um, then you, you'd probably be fine. But... Because of HBO and then Foxtel by extension and Binge also here for whatever mm. reason, their encoding is bullshit. It just turns into a grey mess on, on our yep. end. And it's I don't understand how it hasn't gotten better. Um it's bad. And it just it doesn't need to be. What's worse of all, some scenes earlier in the episode were artificially made darker. They were obviously shot during the day. And then mm. because of, like, um, I guess they, the timeline was confusing when she's telling the kids to go to bed and it would have still been daylight. It would have seemed weird. So they artificially obviously darkened it and it just looked disgusting. Like a very technically proficient show that just, I don't know what they were doing. Anyway, highlight. What was your highlight for the season, Damask? Um. Yeah, it was right towards the end. Obviously, we have like the prince puppy dog goes, and is it the Baratheons they go to see? Yes, is correct. that who it is? Yeah, storms in. Um, I think. Yeah, and even though that Baratheon is a total douchebag, he's like, well, obviously you're not going to kill him here. I'm not going to let that happen. That would be insane. <laughs> I was like, thank you, appreciate that. Um, and then also looked like Rob. I like that he like genetically was obviously like the great 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 granddad of. Yeah, Robert Baratheon. As we famously know, Baratheons all look alike, um, and that was the whole issue uh, with the incest Lannister situation. Strong genetics, Mm -hmm. dominant Um, genes. It was a huge plot point in Game of Thrones. Um, It was, yeah, legit. Yeah, and then, and then obviously, what that means for um, is it Rhaenyra? That's her name. 
um, moving forward and the fact that she really now has kind of a reason to fight for um, that throne, which is out of pure revenge. Absolutely. Uh, my highlight, I'm going to say, is the opening of episode six. It was the first of our time jumps. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, we didn't really talk about that, actually. Before I go on with my... Actually, I'll finish my highlight. There's that scene where Rhaenyra's... Uh, whatever, was having her baby and it was like all in one shot. Um, mm. And then they have her walking because the, the, like, the queen wants to see the baby like right now for some insane reason. She's like, mm. I'm not giving her my kid. Um, I will go. And her walking up the stairs, I in- really enjoyed the execution of that scene. It felt, felt it was well executed like in how it was done from a production point. And then from a character's point of view also, it was giving me something. You know what I mean? It was like mm-hmm. in an exciting, fun way, it was telling me something about these characters. And it was a very rare glimmer of like um, originality and like bold storytelling. I, I, I quite enjoyed that sequence. Um, but what you didn't ask, the, yeah, time jumps, changing of the actors and stuff like that. How do you, did that throw you off? Were you okay with that? Mm. Yeah, I think I said earlier that that actually got in the way of me kind of attaching to character. So, it was an issue. I mean, there's obviously they, this is the, um, yeah, a quick PowerPoint history lesson for the show moving forward. That's like this season is that. So, I get why they felt they had to do it, but I think it's gotten in the way for me, definitely. Could you have like started the show maybe where episode six starts and then like done some flashbacks or something like that instead of mm. doing it. In or just had a- good writing where you can kind of give um, context and backstory. Um, yeah. So there's yeah, definitely that, other ways to do it. That course. could certainly work too. Yeah. Find a way to discuss these things. Yeah. And just have the actors talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was a good choice ultimately. And one they w- won't have to worry about going forward, I don't think. So that's at least mm. off the table. But yeah, didn't didn't help get me on board, that's for sure. Uh predictions, hopes, and concerns for a season two. We know one's coming. It won't be here until twenty twenty four, but it's on the way. Um anything? Predictions, hopes, concerns? Um, I hope it gets better. Prediction is I may not watch it (laughs) yeah i mean i might like watch an episode like one or two of that season just say the vibe and if it's really not for me then i'm just happy to walk away at that point yeah i hope they can make me give a crap that's my hope thank you very much for listening to this episode of hunting seasons you can find more of what we do via our website huntingseasonspodcast.com our logo comes from sean kirkpatrick aka at shawnee boy draws our theme song and bumpers from lucas heil of birthday loyalty club find links to their work in our show notes you can also find myself broderick gordis on hive social at obigstretch um that is actually down that website currently so you can't find me there um But uh, I'm got yeah. That's that's I want that to be my handle going forward. I've somehow managed to claim that at Hive and on Twitch and a few other places. So that's cool. Uh, Damask. Um, once again, can't find me anywhere. So if you want to contact me, just email the Hunting Seasons email. Absolutely. Next episode, we'll be back to discuss Andor Season 1, a show I'm much more looking forward to discussing. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Good day, everybody. Absolutely.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.